Founders, welcome back to the Zero to 5,000 podcast, where we obsess over the convergence of human potential and business results. Today, our hosts, Drew McClure and Jordan Mitchell, have another insightful conversation for you. So let's jump right in. Okay, founders, welcome back to the podcast. Today, we are joined by Mary Berry, founder and CEO of Cosmos Vita. Cosmos Vita is a wellness brand rooted in accessibility, inclusivity, and empowerment. With a BS from Texas A&M in recreation, parks, and tourism science, Mary made an impressive career out of health and wellness. Mary is extremely familiar with building a business. Described as a serial entrepreneur in the beauty and wellness space, she was the founder and CEO of Texas Beauty Labs, now Good Kind Co., the leading product and service partner to clean beauty brands and creators. When Mary is not creating an impressive health and wellness brand, she also enjoys tending to her plants and marveling at the night sky. We are so pumped to host Mary on our podcast, so let's jump right in. Mary, thank you for being here today. Oh my God, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, we're pumped to have you. You're already radiating the screen. (laughs) Uh, I'm so curious. I know we got a little bit, like we touched just briefly on your background, but how how did you end up here? How did you end up in this space doing what you're doing today? Well, so I've always been an entrepreneur. Like I was the kid that was like selling lemonade at my mom's garage sales. So like, I've always just liked the idea of making something and like kind of like giving it or selling it to someone else. It's always been kind of my thing. So sure. Like even in college, like I had a whole closet in my tiny dorm room, like with scrapbook supplies in it. Cause back then people were scrapbooking. And so like I would sell scrapbook supplies. It was not very, that was my first failed business, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> like college kids don't have money for scrapbooking, <laughs> but you know, I just have always liked that. And so um, I went from that, like after, like we left a and I got married, you know, I graduated one weekend. I got married the next weekend to my high school. Sweetheart. Wow. I know. Right. And then we moved to Austin the next weekend. So like, it was like, crazy. And so I started, um, I worked at the wildflower center. It's called the lady bird Johnson wildflower center. Um, and I was the event planner. So I planned weddings and like, you know, I loved that sort of thing. And so, um, it was super stressful. And so on the weekends I would, like make things at my house, kind of like crafting. So like I would, um, like I learned how to make sugar scrubs and, you know, things like that. So I would give them to people and they're like, you should make a business out of this. What's a sugar scrub? A sugar scrub? Yeah. What's a sugar scrub? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like sugar and oils and like you scrub your skin with it. Oh, okay. It exfoliates. And also then like leaves like a nice, um, soft feeling afterward. I do know. So, um, like I'd buy the ingredients of Whole Foods and then like make stuff and give them to people. And so, um, you know, that was a super stressful job because it was like super high end weddings and I was like 23, you know? And so, um, I like finally was like, you know, I can't do this anymore. Like I, it's too stressful. So I was going to be a stay at home wife because <laughs> I was just married. Like we had no kids and I would wake up in the morning at, what is it? Let's see. I would wake up in the morning. I'd watch the news. It was like 10 AM. I would watch prices, right? Then it was Darman, Greg, the rock from the sun. I'd watch the news again. And then I was exhausted. So like, you know, I love that I, you remember the TV schedule from, that day. <laughs> Dude, from like literally 2003, um, especially third, third rock from the sun. Done. That's hilarious. That's the best, right? So, so um, I was like, I have to do something. This is not like who I am. So, I started a business called Be Pure. And so, back then, it was 2003, like the internet barely existed, or at least for me, like, you know, I shared a cell phone with my husband type situation. So, like, um, sure. You know, I started this this company and I made it in my garage. Like we just kind of turned over the garage and I started making sugar scrubs and I had these paper labels I put on them. And strangely enough, the first event we did was an event I planned before I left the Wildflower Center called the Artisans Festival. So like, you know, I was a vendor there. I sold stuff. And then there was this huge store in Austin. It was called Cities at the time. And so they came and they were like, we love your stuff. We want to put it in the store. And I was like, so excited. So wow. that was our first kind of accounts. And it was like this big, amazing store. So it just kind of grew from there. Like I, you know, I was like, well, if I can make sugar scrub, what else can I make? So I learned how to make lotion. I learned how to make body wash. I learned how to make lip balms, you know? And so 
the internet existed to the extent like I could look up formulas or recipes. But, you know, as far as websites, like, and all of that, like I had a website, but no one used it. (laughs) So um, (laughs) it was, our stuff was mainly sold through um, like wholesale accounts. So we were in like 350 stores nationwide by the time I quit um, with Be Pure. And I know, well, but what happened was, is I was sending it out to these stores and like, you know, Maggie May's store in Columbus, Ohio would buy, you know, a set of lip balms, but I didn't know the owner of Maggie May's store. And it wasn't, that's not like super impactful for me. Like I love people and I love knowing people. And so when I started doing private labeling, what happened was a friend of mine that had a candle company and she was like, I can't make these candles anymore. I have two kids. Like, can you make them for me? So I was like, sure. So I started making candles under her label and I loved that so much more because I had a personal relationship with her and, you know, I would make the candles and also it was more bulk. So like I got to bulk buy, which I love bulk buying. Um, so, why, why do you love bulk buying? I don't know. It's super satisfying me to me to buy like a pallet of materials. Like it just feels like the ultimate <laughs> like thing. I don't know. I like still when Texas Beauty Labs was so successful and we would get truckloads at a time, I would go back there just to watch materials come in. Like I just interesting. I, I think is I it the savings associated with buying a bulk or is there something just enjoyable about seeing that much stuff together? I, I like seeing that much stuff. Like we yeah. are doing it is what it feels oh, like. Oh like, yeah. It's happening. We have it in bulk. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So do you geek out when you walk around Costco? Yeah. I freaking love Costco. <laughs> there's like, there's <laughs> everywhere. This is awesome. No, it's bulk as far as the eye can see. <laughs> like, yes. Yes. Um, so, yeah. So I started making things for other people. That was really, you know, that was really the crux of it. And so then, you know, Be Pure kind of started dying off. I started getting other clients. Like I had a hair, like a hair care company that came to me that wanted me to make their products just from like people that I knew, like just kind of in the industry. And so this was still in my house at this point. And um, we're still making things in the house. Like it was in the garage and it also took over one of the downstairs bedrooms for shipping. Sure. And I would have high school girls come to my house and like fill products. Like, <laughs> so- oh, wow. You know, but for these want... for these other brands that you were kind of white labeling underneath. Yes, yes. Okay. And so, um, so yeah, that's that's how it started, and wow. um, you know, it just kind of got like bigger and bigger, and I mean, you know, as big as it can get while being in my house. And so, in two thousand eight, I finally was like, okay, wow, you have we have enough business and money to move out of the house, and also I need to get this out of my house. And so, we I rented a space. I was so excited. It like had a fence that shared because we're in Texas, shared property with two horses and a donkey. So like when I was Perfect. stressed, I'd go like talk to the donkey. Um, <laughs> so, um, but we moved out and. And then eight months later, we ran out of money because it was 2008 and all of my clients, like they started getting their orders canceled, which trickles down to me and gets my orders canceled. And so I was eight months pregnant and I was like, either I have to quit or I have to move this back into my house. And so I was like, I'm not a quitter. Like the thing that drove me the most during this time is like, I didn't want to tell everyone that I lost. I didn't want to quit. Yeah, like I, yeah. that is deep rooted into me. And like, I am not a quitter and I hate losing, like I'm, I'm uber competitive with myself. And so, um, we moved it back in the house. So like literally the whole downstairs of my house, including the living room and the kitchen, we covered the hardwood floors with, um, indoor outdoor carpet. And, um, uh, like it was manufacturing downstairs at my house in my okay. residential suburb neighborhood. <laughs> so um, we lived, when I brought my baby home, I brought her upstairs to our, what I like to call our apartment, <laughs> um, you know, because <laughs> I just live in like a regular house. <laughs> so it's kind of weird to have manufacturing downstairs, but it was the way that the business survived. Um, and then, you know, about, I would say six months later, it was getting to be too much in the house where like, I was ready to quit if I couldn't figure something out. And also at that time, leases people were having trouble like getting rid of their like leases basically so I found like a 4,000 square foot place that the guy rented to me for like a thousand dollars a month which you know is like unheard of but like that basically saved the business because I was like I cannot have my baby in this business in this house um and so we rented that space and we just kind of kept going 
um you know yeah and we just kind of kept like picking up like new clients there'd be like small people we our whole thing with texas beauty labs was we did small minimums. So like, you know, if you had, if you wanted to make a sugar scrub, now you know what they are. Um, you know, if you went to a big lab, you'd have to make 10,000 of every skew. So if you want an eight ounce, it smells like grapefruit, you'd have to have 10,000 of that. An eight ounce, it smells like jasmine, you'd have to have 10,000 of that. So like that's untenable, right, for a lot of people. So yeah. what we would do is we made them in batches of 80 because we could make a small batch because I knew how to make small batches. Cause that's what I did <clears throat> for be pure. So, um, we, that was our whole thing. So, so for the small business imagine, that was, yeah, it, it, yeah, it was. And it made me like, I felt amazing. Cause like I was helping these people realize their dreams. Right. Because otherwise, you know, they would get to a point where they can't make it at their house. Cause they live in New York. Right. And they like had this tiny apartment. This oh, one yeah. guy had had a tiny apartment. He had been making it. He couldn't do it anymore. So I made his stuff and like, it let him grow his business. Right. Wow. And so that was super fun for me. I loved it. And, you know, we had like, I don't know, 10 clients, not that many. Um, but we were making like all of their SKUs, you know, everything from body cream, you know, we would do things like we didn't make hard soap, but we would wrap their soaps. Like we kind of did everything they needed. The other thing we started doing is I realized that shipping to them was super expensive. So like we would make these beautiful big candles and we'd ship it to their fulfillment house that would then ship it to their customer and it would add a dollar, right? So to ship from my house essentially to the fulfillment house, it would add a dollar to each candle. And I was like, that sucks, right? So like, why don't you just let me ship it to your end customer, right? And so ah, we started smart. doing fulfillment. And so what we would do is we would bake the product, we'd move it to another area of the warehouse, we'd ship it, we would call it to the other section of the warehouse and then fulfill it. Um, <laughs> you'd ship it which means the, ship the donkey just carried it from one side yeah, I, know, I, know. I wish i'd trained that donkey to do something <laughs> but yeah and so that's kind of you know that was kind of one of the things that we did for our customers that made it super awesome for them because imagine being like 2008 you live in a tiny apartment in new york city you have this business that you know that's when online things started really going like crazy and yeah. you didn't he didn't touch it at all right he place the order. We made it, we labeled it, we did all the things. And then we put it over to our fulfillment side. He would send the order and we'd ship it out. Brilliant. Yeah. So that was, you know, that was kind of our whole thing. And so, you know, we, I had another baby. And so during that time, you know, there was not a ton of growth because like I was busy, <laughs> like, sure, yeah. the children. Um, and then along came, so like, we like were around, you know, nine employees, 500k for you know several years during like baby okay. times and stuff like it just was very you know during that time also this is also a super interesting part of the story is like you know we didn't ever take a loan we didn't have any investors we didn't take any loans I didn't have a credit card literally no credit and so my husband worked at Dell I didn't come from family money like the money he made at Dell as an engineer was in, put into the business and then we just kept recirculating it. It is completely bootstrapped beyond like bootstrapped. Perfect. Um, we never even took a loan like from, our parents didn't have money to give us, right? So it was like literally bootstrapped. And so that made cash flow a problem as you can imagine. Sure. And so I did crazy, luckily my husband, he's a saint, a saint, because like I would do things where I'd be like, we have to make payroll, like I can't not pay them. And so we would pawn my wedding ring, right? Or we would pawn, his like he has a big class ring from a wow. so and and like then he'd get paid would go back and get it and then a few weeks later would be like oh no we like we're in the same situation so we'd pawn our rings then it came to a place where we couldn't kind of come back from that and i sold my car like i had like all in man oh, this is oh, awesome yes. Like I had bought a Mercedes cause I thought I was successful and amazing. And like, it was used, but I bought one yeah. and I was like this about it, like super excited. And <laughs> um, then I had to sell it because I had not forecasted well and I was not super successful and should not have bought that car. So I sold it. Um, and it came to the point where like right before the next part of the story I'm about to tell you, like we almost foreclosed on our house. Like wow. we couldn't make the payments. I had gotten us in so deep and I never wanted to take money from anyone 
because that's just not who I am. Like I've got to figure out my own stuff, right? Like I, I don't like betting other people's money. I'll bet like myself to high heaven, but like other people, like that's too much pressure for me. So interesting. Um, so yeah, so then um, we started, we got a call from a guy and his name was Moise Ali. And he was like, hey, can you make deodorant? And we were like, oh no, I'm sorry, we don't make that. <laughs> and he was like, cause I had two babies. I was like, I'm not gonna figure this out. I don't know, we don't make that. And so, yeah. you know, he was like, no, but you like, can you please? And I was like, okay. So we, he was like, can you make 500 a week? And I was like, I don't know, 500 a week is like a lot for us. Like, you know, we have nine employees from me to the dishwasher, like, <clears throat> okay, we'll try. So we made 500, like we figured out a formula that was like decent. We made like five a week and or 500 a week. And, you know, then he'd be like, okay, well this week I need 600. And I'd be like, okay. So I go to the team and be like, okay, this week you need 600. And then <laughs> they'd be like, dang, okay, well, we'll figure it out. And then the next week he'd be like, well, really this week I need a thousand. Can you make a thousand? And I'd be like, uh, okay. So basically, as you can imagine, this kept going until we started out with 500 a week with him. In 18 months, we had scaled to 24,000 sticks a day, every day, six days a week. Holy crap. Yes. A and day? So, a day. 24,000 a day, six days a week. Whoa. Like we had Saturday shows. So it was native deodorant. <laughs> no way. It was. Yes. That's amazing. I know. So we were the first manufacturer for native deodorant. How the how did you, how were y'all able to scale your your ability to produce that much that fast? You know, honestly, it was the dedication of the team, like a thousand percent. Like it was it was pure grit. There's no other way to say it other than like I had it was me and my team. We were like, this is happening. And like, it just like, that is literally the way that it happened. Like That's he's an crazy. amazing guy. Like I love him. He's like um, a driver, right? He's like, I need a thousand. And when he tells me I need a thousand, I'm like, oh God, I've got to come up with a thousand. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. You know? And so, you know, he would call and he would be like, cause we would grow by 3000. By the time we were like scaling, it would be like, you know, the pot was held 3000 worth. And so he'd be like, I'm ready to go up 3000. And I'd be like, Oh my God, I'm going to have to take the girls out to the bar tonight. Like I'm going to have to take him out to the bar <laughs> yeah. and be like, okay, like this is good news. But also like that meant like, you know, we had to hire staff for that. We had to figure out how we're going to get materials for that. And the amount of, of time for that, where we're going to put the materials, where we're going to put all the things. And so, you know, I really would take them to the bar every time. Like I would be like, we're going to ladies or like, sometimes I'd bring the bar to us. Like there was a frozen <laughs> um, daiquiri place, not too far from where we worked. Yeah. And I would be like, okay, we're going to go. Like I would take someone with me and we would go and bring them back. And that's how I would tell them with a frozen daiquiri. That's um. amazing. At some point, did they start to catch on that like they did. free, free and, liquor meant bad news? I know they did. And also <laughs> you can tell, like I have zero, like I cannot not tell someone something. And yeah. so like they, they would know beforehand because they'd be like, we know something's happening with it. <laughs> it's like, I would know for a few hours and I'd be like, Oh, it's going to be okay. We're fine. We're fine. <laughs> yes. Um, but like, you know, I would get to work during that time. Like you know, by 6 a.m. at the latest. So, okay. I, and I'm not necessarily a morning person. So I would get to work by 6 a.m. at the latest. And, you know, we stayed until 6, 7 p.m., you know, at least. And so, you know, and it wasn't just me. Like, that's a thing like that I always love to tell people is like, I had a team of people that were also so dedicated, right? They were excited about the growth. They were excited about, you know, it was exciting. At first yeah. I was like, what is he doing with these deodorants? Because no one had ever bought that much things from me. And I was like, you know, is, is it, is it going to like, is it illegal? <laughs> like, what is, <laughs> is he um, smuggling drugs in these deodorants? What's going on? <laughs> I know. But then it was like, you know, no, it's just deodorants. And like, you know, there was a time and before we really like bumped up and it got really big that like the formula was melting, like when we would ship it out. And so um, he was like, you know, we've got to figure this out. And I'm like, we've got to figure this out. And I didn't have like a ton of formulation experience. Like it was me that did the formula because the chemist that we had, we could only afford her part-time and she worked part-time for us and part-time at the zoo. So like, <laughs> like literally. Wow. And, 
so she was at the zoo that day and like he was like I need another formula so I went back there and I was like I don't know and he's what about this and so you know I made it and that turned out to be the one that sold like you know millions and so there <laughs> this is awesome. how do you so, how do you even know how would you even know what to do it's kind of like baking right like I'm huh. it's, it's like you know you're looking at the ingredients and you're like well I know that like this material makes it softer this makes it harder but you don't want to be like a rock hard because it's got to be able to apply you know so you're it's like balancing that sort of thing you know wow. and it's like I needed it to be like less soft so you know and it has powders in it and so you know it's um you know you have to balance like the oils and the waxes and powders so, um, you know, it's, it's a lot of experimenting is really what it kind of turns out to be like the more experience you're obviously the less experimenting you have to do, but like, um, at that time it was like experimenting. And so, um, so yeah, so then we went on, um, I don't know what I was saying before that. You were experimenting with the, um, the formula and, yes. fin and finally got it figured out. Yes. Finally got, oh, that's what I was finally got it figured out. So then. At that point in my life, I was not flying. Like I had a huge fear of flying. Um, and so like a whole other part of my story is that like for years, the years that I was building the business at my house, I was um, agoraphobic. Like I had major anxiety and panic attacks and would not leave my house for months wow. at a time. Like I wouldn't go into the front yard. I wouldn't go to the backyard. Like I would really like dread Fridays when my husband would take the trash out because like he wouldn't be like within my sight. So that like, was during this, this period of the business? It was during the period when it was smaller and in my house. So before, before native. Okay. Um, and so, you know, I had the, I had the children and one day I was like sitting on the beach looking at my son who he was like at the age where he could sit up but not walk, which is the most amazing. Yes, <laughs> so they like, can't go anywhere yet. Yeah, so <laughs> he was like sitting, we we're sitting at the beach and like it had taken everything. I really wanted to go to the beach. It had taken everything in me to go to the beach because I was agoraphobic. And I looked at him and I thought, you know, he deserves more than this, right? I mean, like everyone in my life did, like my husband, my daughter, I don't know. There was just something about him sitting there on the beach that day that wow. I was like, he deserves more than this. And so I started going to therapy. Like, and I went... So hardcore therapy, like two times a week for two hours at a time. Um, mm. And, you know, I, I worked my way out of it. Right. So. Um, Congratulations. Yeah. It's, it's. An Was that something you had always had or did it, did it kind of uh, onset or, or become yeah. a thing later in life? I think it was like later in life. I'm, I'm always high strung. Like I'm always like this. I'm always super excited, high strung. So like people like that, I think, you know, it, when we learn to harness that in a, in a good way, instead of a yeah. negative way is like, you know, obviously much more healthy. Right. And sure. so I'd always harness it in a really good way. I was a competitive swimmer. You know, I am like, everyone says I'm like either in 5,000% or like I'm in 0%. Yeah. And so all in or know, all out. I was all, I was all in into staying in my house. <laughs> like, I was like, I'm not leaving. No, thank you. It is a scary world out there. Um, but then I became all in into therapy and it was hard and it was like, you know, it was really hard. There's no other way to say that. Yeah, um, yeah. but it really, that my anxiety started in college, like, you know, cause I was getting married and it was college and like I was winding that up and it just, you know, I just, it kind of, I kind of broke a little bit and then, you know, I didn't address it for all the years, like, you know, and then it just kind of got into being, um, agoraphobia. Yeah. Oh, I never know how to say it. I so had it kind of snowballed. The anxiety had been there and then it just kind of picked up mass. And it did. And it would get better and it would get worse where like, sometimes I'd be like, I think I'm okay. And I'd go to target and like, you know, I'd be like shaking in target. Right. Oh. And then I would be like, oh, well, that's it. I'm not getting out for another two months. Like that, that sucks. Yeah. You know? Um, but it was luckily I found the most amazing therapist. She's this old hippie lady, because I'm an old hippie on the inside. And yeah. so, like, you know, we really connected and she really helped me, like, you know, detangle my thoughts and you know, the way that I talk to myself. And it helped me in every way of business, like in every part of my life, in my relationship with my husband. In every way, not just the like anxiety and panic attacks. Like, yeah, you know, it's I'm so like thankful because like therapy when I was like younger was always like, oh, she's in therapy. <laughs> you know right. I mean? right. Yeah. Had stigma so, to it. 
I resisted it for a long time because I was like, I don't want to be that person. Well, um, wake up, Mary Berry. You're not yeah. leaving your house. So you are that person. <laughs> so it's time to, get, to leave your house and go to therapy. Um, and so, you know, so I did, I don't know. And so I like slowly started doing things again. And, um, you know, now like there's nothing I don't do. There yeah. are things I don't do. Like I don't like roller coasters cause that's too thrilling. Like I have enough thrilling things in my life that I don't need to be thrilled sure. by a roller coaster. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's I, get that. I just don't like it. Right. But yeah. like anything I want to do, I will do. And that's the thing. So one of the things that was helpful for me, let's, I want to have this conversation. This is so fun. Yeah. Uh, first off, I think therapy is for humans. Yeah. It is not for broken or baggage. It's like, no, therapy is for humans. Yeah. I think life is hard. People yeah. are complicated. You can yeah. always use that kind of space. I think of it like as a sacred space. Like, yeah, it's a really safe space for you yes. to navigate your life of being a human and what that's been like so far. Right. Yes. So just I would that's why I want to talk about this. Like, man, if you're listening this is for human beings and yeah. it's helpful for everybody. Now you got to find someone you like, you got to find someone you trust. Yeah. There are, there are shitty therapists out there just yeah. like there are shitty humans around the, around the street corner, but yeah. you can find someone you really like. Um, if we back up a little bit, what, what, what about it for you personally, did you find most helpful? Like you mentioned detangling a little bit of, mm -hmm. of some things that were kind of maybe wired together. You even mentioned, uh, that voice, the way you talk to yourself, Yeah. what would be a few things you, that you think would be just helpful for us to, for you to share with us? One of my favorite things, there's a few things it's, it's all for me, it was all about self-talk, right? Yes. So, um, for me, the biggest first thing was can't versus won't. Hmm. Right. Cause I'd be like, I can't leave my house. And she, she would say, Oh, <laughs> you know, yeah. and it, like you can't, or you won't. And I'd be like, I can't. <laughs> should yep. be like you know and we would work on that over like and you a felt of, that to be true that's the hard part yeah Your emotions are telling you no i can't right? i cannot yes yeah. and she'd she'd be like oh basically she never like shoved it down my throat that you won't but she would introduce challenge the it. idea yeah yes of like you won't and i'd be like no ma'am i cannot and so you know then i would go home and think about it and i'd be like nope still can't and like it would take several sessions then to be like you know, I would think, and I'd be like, you know what, damn it, she's freaking right again. <laughs> like I won't. And then, yeah. so then that changed into, you know, then I had to get over that hurdle of, okay, well, if I won't leave my house, like then that makes the onus on me instead of can't, which is kind of like something out else. of your control, out of yeah. my control. So yeah. won't is like me. And so like, I won't leave my house is you know, then, then there's something I can do about that. Exactly. Yep. You know, and I don't have to go back to that one very much. That was huge in my, like, you know, in my, um, journey, like, you know, going yep. from that to driving to flying and all of that, like can't versus won't was huge. Um, yeah. but now I don't have to go back to that very much because I, I do, you know, everything. Yeah. Now. I mean, but I have that tool, right. So I know that if I'm like, yeah, misbehaving. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can see that. So you can see that in small things too, right? Yeah. So like, just you know, um, Carol Dweck talks about the difference between a fixed mindset and a growth mindset, right? Yeah. And a fixed mindset often is around small things that we don't notice we're playing that same kind of game. So yeah. like I had, I have a, um, a CEO I was working with and she said, I can't, I, I can't uh, relax. Because we were talking about like, how do you recover? How do you, you know, get back to, to being energized? And she's like, I can't, I can't relax. I can't, you know, I, I'm never going to be good at whatever. And I was like, you can't, or you're not, or you don't know how, because those yeah. are different things. Yeah. Right. I can't just kind of a final statement. Like I can't yeah. do this. Yeah. I don't know how is recognizing I'm not good at this right now. Yeah. But maybe I could learn how to do that. Right. Yeah. Totally. And so you can see it for in small ways, not just in like big kind of panic. Cause I, by the way, I experienced panic attacks. I had to work my way through that as oh, well. Wow. So I, I'm yeah. there with you. I, I get this journey. Um, yeah. but I'm also like, man, for, so for, if you can't relate to that, I bet you could relate to some of the ways we limit ourselves and some yeah. of the ways we say, I can't do that instead of, well, maybe I just don't know how to yet. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's all of those like word, word changes that like make a huge difference in your self-talk. And yeah. I never considered my self-talk to be something that is 
I don't want to say it wasn't valuable. I just didn't consider it at all. Yeah. But it's so valuable in how I live my life. You know, um, another one of them is what's the other one? It's um, always or never, right? I always have a panic attack when I go to Target or I never leave my house or, you know, there's no, there's never, there's, I can say never. Those big big kind of final statements. It's like, yes, yes. And it, it, and when speaking with others, right, it negates anything that you say. Like if I say my husband never takes out the trash, which is not true. He takes out the trash all the time. Yep. But like, if I said my husband never takes out the trash, well, he's like, well, I take out the trash. Like most of the time, like screw you, man. Like, yes. you know what yes. I mean? Like, uh-huh. And so I've stopped using those words. I've tried to stop using those words in my life. Like I find myself using them and I reverse it. Yep. You know, My wife and I do the same thing. Like, There'll be yeah. times, you know, you might say something to a partner, you never support me. And yeah. immediately, one, yeah. you're not going to be heard. Mm-hmm. And two, they're going to be pissed off because yeah. they're thinking, never, I yeah. never support you. Yeah. But if you change it and just say, man, lately I haven't been feeling very supported. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. lean in and go, yeah. oh, dang, oh, I'm yeah. sorry. Like, yeah, because you love them. Yeah. Tell me more about that. Right. Yeah. And, and we just have noticed, even with our kids, like we like we'll catch each other saying like no no that was like there, no there's never always or never yeah. there's very there's very few things in life that are always and never other than the speed right. of light right yeah. the yeah. speed of light is like the one thing that doesn't change it just <laughs> yeah. it, this is the speed of light yeah. everything yeah, yeah. else has some sort of nuance or color on the spectrum to it right yeah Yes. And I'm very, I can tend to be very black and white. Like I said, 5,000% or 0%. So I used always and never a lot. And so by taking that out of my vocabulary, it served me in lots of ways, not just in business and personal and just being a better person, right? Like, you know, and so all the tools that I kind of learned in that way have like helped me in like every single area, you know, of, of life. But like, business for sure because if i wasn't gonna leave my house it's gonna be a struggle yeah (laughs) now did you notice when you were paying attention to that that narrative voice in your head did you find any uh similarities to that voice mimicking the voice of a parent or in tone or in texture or anything like that you You know know what's funny about that is i was adopted so as an infant and my parents babied me like you would never believe. Like they were so excited to have a baby. Yeah. They had tried so long and they were so excited. I was the most spoiled child you can imagine. It was like anything, it wasn't like we, we weren't like super rich or anything. So it wasn't like, oh, if I want a Lamborghini, I got that. Right. But like generally, like I got my way all the time. Like my husband LOLs about it because everyone's like, oh, we think you're an only child. And I'm like, no, I have a brother. And they're like, well, you seem like an only child. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. Um, he, so, he's got his own wounds about this. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, so, you know, I, a lot of it, you know, I will say this, like they protected me so much from everything that as an adult, I became unable to deal with a lot of things because yeah. I was so protected. Yeah. Right. I- and so I didn't have the toolkit of like, you know, I didn't have to feel any pain growing up. Right. Cause they shielded me from it because yeah. they loved me so much. Right. Cause yeah. they were so excited to have a child. Yeah. You know? And so I think that was more it than like, you know, any other piece uh, about them for this. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. super simple, super similar to me. So yeah. I was the youngest. I was a surprise. My sisters yeah. are nine and 11 years older than me. Okay. And I was, so I had like three moms, you know, I had like yeah. my mom and then yeah. I had my nine and 11 year old <laughs> sisters who got a baby doll for Christmas, basically. Oh you know, they're like, they're like, this is the best. My sister, my oldest said, I prayed for a monkey and I got a baby. I got a brother. <laughs> She's like, I'll take it. Right. Um, but it was this weird thing that I didn't realize until later in life. Weird, not on them, but just like, unknowingly they had protected me and done so many things for me yeah that it created some feeling of maybe i can't do this like yeah maybe i'm yeah. inadequate to handle these challenges or whatever that created like low level anxiety yeah. around small things yeah. whereas similar to you i succeed i excelled in kind of big things yes so oh like my God, that's i like- was totally comfortable being in the state championship and yes. doing this hard thing Yes. But calling the phone company about my bill or yeah. handling my day-to-day responsibilities or whatever felt like a little anxious, you know? 
I mean, like that is so exactly true on how I feel because I could do these big things. Like I was, you know, I've, I've done big things and people, I think not to speak for people, but I think they would look at me and be like, she won't leave her house. <laughs> she yeah. started this business, all of these crazy things, yes. you know, because I was still when, you know, Native was growing, I was, when my business was growing, Texas Beauty Labs, like it, like I still was dealing with some of it, right? And so I was doing these crazy business things, but yet I wouldn't get on an airplane. Yeah. You yeah. know? Yes. Um, and it's that weird juxtaposition. And it, it and, is. And I had to just realize like, okay, at this time, those both exist. I can be incredibly yeah. confident and capable in this area yet feel not confident and not capable in this area. Yeah. And then my therapist was just helping me see like, well, how do you bring those together? Yeah. Like how do you get this part of you unstuck and realize that you actually are more capable than you think. And you just got to apply yourself to those situations like you do in this. Yeah. And you'll start to see confidence and capability in those areas as well, you know? And so I had to realize my anxiety wasn't just a feeling that I was combating. It yeah. was a thought or a belief mm. that I wasn't prepared for whatever might be coming down the pipe. Yeah. And the more I said, yes, I am, like bring it on, the more mm. anxiety started to either lessen or turn into excitement. Does yes. that make sense? Yes. Because yes. by the way, they physiologically feel the very same. similar. Yes. They feel very similar. <laughs> Before this podcast, I was like super, I felt super anxious. And I was like, I I mean, like the one thing I'm good at is talking. Like, (laughs) it's like my thing, right? So I'm like, why am I nervous? And I was like, I think I'm just excited. I say that to my friends all the time. (laughs) They're like, I'm nervous. And I was like, maybe you're just excited. (laughs) Yes. Yes. No, but that's so, I I call that mental judo. Yes. And why is because most people try to do mental sumo. So sumo is like two huge individuals with a lot of power slamming straight into each other one force mm-hmm. coming this way the other force going the other okay. way yeah, and yeah you're trying to push that force back and he's trying to push this force back your emotions have like a a momentum to them right yeah yeah, yeah. and often we're going don't be anxious and we're trying to like slam against it and stop yes. judo takes somebody else's momentum and and, and basically redirects it right okay. just kind of repurposes it flips yeah. them over like a hip toss flips you over their back yeah and i realized if you just relabel anxiety as excitement yes all you're doing is you're not changing your physical sensations you're not making the state change yeah you're just going i don't think i'm actually anxious i think i'm excited and all of a sudden you've kind of repurposed it yes and you're enjoying the exact same sensation you were not enjoying a second ago yes i do this all the time i'm so glad someone else does it oh completely like i just went on my first flight like we got vaccinated in san francisco and i just went on my first flight and i hadn't been on a flight in like you know a year or whatever yeah and i when i'd been flying twice or three times a month right and so i was like super nervous but i was like you know what? i think i'm excited and it works and it all the time and so as i'm walking on the plane i'm like i'm so excited i'm so i'm going to san francisco i'm going to see my redwoods yep. wow i'm so excited as the plane takes off this is so exciting yes <laughs> you know? and your brain relaxes because you've given it a reason why it's feeling the way it's feeling yes yes so once you're like i'm excited to see my friends i'm excited to be on a plane again whatever then your brain yes. goes oh we're excited then yeah. like that's not panic. That's exciting so like, because elevated heart rate, sweaty palms, yes. tight chest is all the yes. things you feel when you're excited. Yeah. It's also all the things you feel when you're scared. Yes. The absolutely. difference is one, you've, you've interpreted yourself in a dangerous situation and mm-hmm. the other you've, you've interpreted that you are in an exciting situation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so you can relax even if you're feeling those sensations versus panic is when you are, you are starting to spiral yeah. that I'm not okay. And then the yeah. feeling itself is propelling the fear. Exactly. Like, that was oh man. And so that's why I had to start giving my feeling a different definition. Yeah. Yeah. Although it was like, okay, it's, it's actually fine that my heart is racing right now because yeah. I'm excited. Yes. And my yeah. heart races yeah. always when I'm excited. So yeah. we're exactly. good. You know what I mean? Yes. yes. That, that is absolutely one of my coping mechanisms because like for me, panic attacks didn't just like, you know, a, a therapist told me not my current one, but one that I saw when I first started having them, um, it was like, you'll, you probably will have them your whole life. And I was like, joke's on you. I'll be dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, that'll be a short not, life. Yeah. I'm not living this way. Yes. Um, and I did live that way for about 10 years, but you know, yeah. I, 
you know, I have them every once in a while now, like just like it's maybe once a year yeah. um, and it still like knocks you on your ass. Yep. And the difference now though, is I unwind it and I look at it and I'm like, okay, what were my thoughts right before, you know? And then that's, you know, that's what I'm most scared of. Right. Yeah. Um, my, my mom died in December um, and she wasn't sick very long. Um, but I had panic attacks when she was sick mm. because I couldn't control it. I couldn't control what was happening, yeah. you know? And so, um, you know, she was only sick for a few weeks. And like, during that time was like, I, like, I went back on a daily, like, um, a daily, like anti-anxiety medication. I hadn't yeah. been on that for a long time. Yeah. But like, you know, I was struggling because I couldn't, it was the most anxiety I'd felt in a long time. Like even through the pandemic and through everything, it was just because, you know, I couldn't control it. It was happening. You know, it's a natural part of life and it was happening and there's nothing I could do about it. Yeah. You know? Yep. Um, and so that's the other thing I'd like for the listeners to know is yep. that like, you know, there are times in one's life when going back to, you know, therapy two times a week might be the thing or going to a daily anti-anxiety or anti-depression, you know, sure. might be the thing, you know, I, I think that at some points in my life, I felt like, Oh, I'm all done. <laughs> I'm cured. You guys, yeah. you know, yeah, and yeah you know, again, jokes on whoever, because jokes on me, honestly, but like, you know, cause I, I don't think I ever will be, this is part of my personality type. Yes. And I love my personality type. I am like, uh, you know, I always say 10 pounds of fun in a five pound bag, you yeah. know, and yeah. with that can come this, right. Yes. yes. Um, and I'm okay with it. That's what my, so my friend is a neuroscientist helped me a lot through the panic attacks. He was like my counselor, my, yeah. my doctor, you know, all that kind of stuff. I literally had to call him at one point on the side of the road when I couldn't get back in the car and I was pacing oh. a gas station and thinking I was going to pass out and I didn't know yes. what to do. And, uh, I freaking hated that. I feel that. Um, but one of the things that he said was, um, not in that moment, but later yeah. when we were talking and Hey, help me figure out what's going on. Will I ever, will this ever go away? And yeah. he was like, Oh, you're going to get a grip on this for yeah. sure. But he said, your brain right now is kind of your brain in terms of like your house is sitting on a certain plot of land that's in a certain part of the hemisphere that has a low spot, a high spot. And mm -hmm. so he's like, that's like the topography of your brain. And so there's gonna be certain parts of just how your brain is that it's going to make it likely for you to experience anxiety. Right. Yeah. And he's like, almost like an alcoholic. At some point you go like, Hey, I think I'm going to always crave a drink, but it doesn't yeah. mean I always drink. And yeah. it doesn't mean it has to control my life. Yeah. And so he's, that if you tend to that part of your garden well, yeah. you can grow whatever you want and it can be really beautiful. Yeah. But just so you know, if you take your attention off of it and you kind of just go back to old patterns, it will produce anxiety again. It yeah. will produce panic attacks. And yeah. that was helpful for me just to know like our personality, maybe my brain wiring and chemistry yes. might make me inclined to certain things, Yeah, but I can manage those things yeah. and I get the benefit. There's the other side of the coin. Yeah, yeah. yeah some great benefits with having yes. our brain kind of the way that it is. Right. Yes. Yeah. I love that. I'm totally going to use it. Like the topography, like makes a lot of sense to me. And I like, that's amazing. Yes. I that. And like, I tell people, cause like, I'm really honest about this journey because well, everyone's journey is different. Like the, this is kind of a crazy one. Right. And so, you know, I tell people the same brain that like gritted me through like the growth that we had at Texas Beauty Labs is the same brain that gritted me and told me I wouldn't leave my house. Yeah. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? It's the yes. same thing. It's just a flip side of the coin. Exactly. Right. And now, you know, the one thing that I know for sure is that through all the therapy I had for all the years, like I will never go back to what I was right. Yeah. Yes. Not leaving my house. Like, yes, I have these tools for life. They've changed my life. You know, I may have a panic attack. I may like struggle with anxiety and difficult parts. Like when my mom's dying, Yeah. right? Like, yeah. and that's time for a daily and that's okay. You know, but that doesn't mean that's for my, the rest of my life either. You know, yes. like, yes, it's not going to, it's not going to control right? you like the way it used to control you. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. He, so another thing he gave me, this is Dr. Jerome Libba, by the way. Okay. Uh, but another thing that he gave me was a way to measure my progress, because if it was just did I or didn't I? 
oh. you could get discouraged. Like Always, never. Yeah, exactly. And so he said, here's the thing. If you had, if you have one a year later, it doesn't mean, oh man, I thought I cured this and it's, it's, it's still here. He said, I want you to look at frequency, intensity, and duration. So frequency is how often is it happening? Intensity mm -hmm. is how extreme did I experience it? And mm -hmm. duration, how long did it last? And so he said, I bet you'll notice a lot of progress if you view your life through those lenses. It used to happen every day. Now it happens once every year. Yes. It used to be so bad I couldn't leave my house. Yep. Now it's like this. Yeah. It used to last for a whole day or a week or whatever. Now it lasted for a few hours and then I was able to move back on. So he's like, if you look at it through frequency, intensity, and duration, you can measure things that aren't in always and never and yeah. go, this is working. Like, this is really cool. I've grown. I've gotten stronger. Yeah. I've, I've changed my relationship to my emotions, you know? And so same for you. Like, yeah. I guarantee you've had a huge improvement in all three of those areas. That's amazing. That is a great way to look at it. I never thought about it that way either. Oh my God, I just use never. <laughs> but I had never, I think. <laughs> I think yeah. I can use it there. Yeah. Um, you know, I, but that's, that is amazing. It's that a is reframe. So yeah, the reframe. The reframes are just like, it's just, you know, the most amazing thing. Like everyone's brain is just so powerful yeah. that like we can tell ourselves this thing or we can tell ourselves this thing you know it's yeah. like it's kind of like in movies when they're like do you want to do it the easy way or the hard way, <laughs> the easy way. that's right that's right the way yeah. that man one of the ways i like to think about it is like you're on a roller coaster uh -huh. there's no getting off the roller coaster yep you either white knuckle the bar and scream in yep. terror or you put your hands up and scream with joy yes so like on one roller coaster people are having two simultaneously different experiences Yes. You have one person literally losing their shit yeah. because they're so scared. And the person yeah. right next to them on the same experience is yeah. like, woohoo, this is awesome, right? <laughs> I know. It's, it's about in that moment, the frame of mind they're having. Yeah. And, totally. and, and for me, I have to practice that. So I'll yeah. notice when I start to white knuckle the bar. Yeah. And I start being like trying to control things I can't control, yes. trying to forecast the future and see, th and see yeah. around corners and all that kind yeah. of stuff. And so the phrase I use and my team will help me with this is they say, um, hands up on the roller coaster. And it's just a little, it's just a little trigger. Like, Hey buddy, you're white knuckling right now. Like hands up on the roller coaster. And you're like, you're right. Guys. Like, <laughs> no, cause I need it at this point. Like yeah. at this point I need it. I'm like, you're, yes. And, and that came from a personal experience where my very first roller coaster, my parents forgot to tell me that I couldn't fall out. And so I think it's just a result of being the youngest and like they had done it a thousand times before, you know, and it was at Disney world and it was whatever the ride is. That's through the dark. I oh don't my God. Which, Space Mountain. Space Mountain. That's it. I was on Space Mountain. No, and, they, and they didn't tell me that the bar would hold me in. And so I thought it was up to me to hold on to the bar <laughs> and, it, you know, it would dip down in the dark and then go up and I was screaming and my parents are in front of me. I'm screaming. <laughs> yeah i was like i'm slipping because my hand my little hands were sweating and i was like i'm slipping and, and then i get out and my sisters are laughing my parents are like that was awesome my dad's walking next to me and he's like what's up bud like i think you can see how pale i was and i was like i almost died and he was like what i was like dad i almost let go of the bar and died he was like, you could have let go of the bar the whole time. I was like, what are you talking about? And then he explained to me how roller coasters worked. And I was like, let's go again. Like, if that's oh, wow. how this works, like, let's go again. And I remember going through and loving it. And it, so that memory is like burned in my brain. Yeah. That right now I may be experiencing life like this. Yeah. But there's the opportunity to get on the same ride yeah. just with my hands up and kind yeah. of trusting my yeah. team or trusting God or trusting yeah. myself. Yeah. Like I can navigate whatever's coming down the pike. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. Yes. You know, another trick that I do, which my friends think I'm like crazy generally, but also because I do this, like if I'm on the airplane and I'm like nervous, I'll start smiling. I just go like this. Yeah. <laughs> and like, um, you know, and then like literally in minutes I feel better. 
you know, like cues like your body or something. Maybe it does. It does. Cause like, if I'm really nervous about something, I'll just start smiling <laughs> and then, and yeah. then I feel better. And it's like the weirdest thing. And it feels like a Stepford wife situation. Like, you know, <laughs> right. Like, you know, but that lady's it, a hostage. That is a fake smile. Exactly. <laughs> Look at her. Um, but it really does make me feel better. The other thing that I do sometimes is when I wake up in the morning, if I'm feeling like super like blah about the day, I'll get out of the bed and I'll be like, yes. Yes. <laughs> Come like, on. And I won't do the whole thing for you because it's embarrassing, but it's a whole like, yes, yes, yes. And then I'm like, all right, let's go. Come on. <laughs> Yeah. Listen, man, I had a mentor tell me years ago, emotions make terrible masters, but they, but they make great slaves. And oh, that's yeah. what you're doing is basically like in those moments, even if it sounds cheesy to the world or whatever, you are yeah. making emotions follow you. Yeah. This is you following your emotions. So you're basically saying we're, we're going to be happy or yeah. we're going to be excited today. And they yeah. end up following you. Yeah. They, they end up going, I, yeah. I guess, I guess we will have a great day today. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's what you're doing <laughs> yeah um i even noticed for me like uh I, it, smiling i don't remember that i'm gonna try that uh for me i sit up i sit up and breathe in deep because okay. without knowing it when i get anxious my shoulders kind of come inward and i kind of slouch forward hmm. just okay. i don't know if it's like a kind of protective mechanism yeah. of like what a creature would look like if it's scared you know <laughs> yeah. but i just noticed my my breathing is a little more shallow my yeah. shoulders are a little more rolled forward and so yeah. my cue to myself is I'll sit up straight, yeah. rock my shoulders back, and I'll breathe in deep, almost like let my body know, like, we're good. Yeah. We are not, we're not scared. We're not in danger. Like, yeah. we're good, you know? Um, Mary, this is freaking awesome. Um, this is amazing. Thank you, thank you for going this deep. I, yeah. I love, like I said, I love the business side. I mm -hmm. love talking about that. I also like just the human side of what it's like to be you in in that role, you in your story, you in your life. And uh, if you can't tell, I resonate deeply with, with what, who you are and what you've gone through. And I think you're a rock star. So this is, yeah. this is super fun. Well, thanks. This has been super fun. Heck yeah. Um, okay. Let's, let's wrap up with the lightning round questions. Okay. I'm ready. Sound good? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Question number one, my friend for you is if you could ingrain one message into your entire organization at this point, what would that message be? You know, that message is kindness, like not just kindness to others, which is what we think about a lot, but kindness to yourself, kind of like what we just talked about, you know, that for, we didn't talk very much about Cosmos Vita, but that's, that's okay. What we talked about was way more important than Cosmos Vita, if we're being honest, yes. uh, but you know, that's what Cosmos Vita is about. It's about like, you know, wellness for yourself and being kind to yourself. Okay. Like you're okay where you are. Well, you, I do want to pause there then because I do want to make sure we're not on this podcast and haven't heard about Cosmos Vita. So <laughs> we're going to pause real briefly. Where did that emerge in that story? Is it, is it the same version of what you were doing that we just heard about repackaged or did it take on a new kind of service uh, in it's, life? It's kind of a new thing. So I sold Texas Beauty Labs and, you know, we'd been on like the Inc. 500 fastest growing companies for like two years. I sold Texas Beauty Labs um, and I stayed on for about a year and a half after I sold it. And, um, you know, really what I've learned about myself is I love the startup phases. Yeah. You know, I love this quick growth and like, you know, I love like figuring things out and forging a new path. And so Texas Beauty Labs is good kind now, but, um, you know, it, it has a new, it has a different life now, you know, it, um, you know, it needed a lot of processes and procedures and things that like, I'm a not good at and B didn't want to do. Yep. Um, so, Love you that. know, I, I exited there and then I was going to like stay at home and like <laughs> stay at home, my wife again, I guess. Yeah, so yeah. I did that for one day. And, um, I then started Cosmosuita because like, with, I'd started seeing a functional medicine doctor and, you know, he had said, you know, he had, I was taking all these vitamins, like a ton. And so I would take my like fistfuls of vitamins and I'd look at my kids taking their gummies and I'd be like, oh, why can't I be doing that? <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, I also am an evangelist. So if I love something, I'm telling everyone, I'm telling all my yeah. friends, well, you guys have to take these vitamins, blah, blah, blah. No one, was like, you know, interested in my storyline because like they were like too many, they weren't interested. And I was like, well, how can I be compliant and have them be compliant 
you know, to taking vitamins, which is so important, especially like during COVID was when this yeah. was. And so um, that's when I was like, let's do gummies, like for adults, which exists in the world, right? Sure. But like, you know, that was- Not mainstream. Of, yeah, yeah, that was kind of my thing was, so that's why we started, um, I started Cosmos Vita. And so it started with gummies um, and we have three um, gummies that we, that came out um, first. It's um, Gutsy, which is apple cider vinegar, um, Beaming, which is vitamin D and Supportive, which is elderberry um, with zinc. Cool. So, you know, they're really like good for you, but kind of what it turned into is creating this community where, you know, wherever you are in your wellness journey is where you're supposed to be, wherever, cool. you know, and that's kind of, you know, it, I'm super passionate about that, about self-love as we've like talked about in this whole thing, right? Yeah. Self-love, self-appreciation um, and, you know, taking small steps in wellness can make big results. Yeah. You know, I love that. Just like therapy. <laughs> so cool. Like, yeah. So cool. Yeah. Um, man. So, yes, I, I wanted yeah. to hear about that. I'm glad we got to, to hear about if people want to find out more uh, about that and, and order some stuff from you, where should they go? Uh, Cosmosvita.com. There we go. Okay. Mm -hmm. Question number two. What yeah. is the single best advice you've ever gotten about growing your business? And also, what was the worst? The best advice is like, just like do it, you know, that's how I am anyway. But like, that is also the best advice I can give anyone is like, just do it, just mm. go do it. Yeah. Period. Um, the yep. worst advice I got was <laughs> someone told me that I should be less authentic with my team. Wow. Um, because as you can see, I'm like laid bare. Like I'm very like, I tell everyone everything all the time. Yeah. And I think that they thought that that management style would have people not respect me. Hmm. And so I listened for a little while. My team was like, what happened to you? <laughs> like, yeah. you know, cause I'm like trying to improve myself and I'm like, okay. Um, but then, oh my gosh, that's not who I am. First of all. And second of all, I don't think that really works. Like, I think the reason Texas beauty labs worked is because of who I am. That's right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So you're not succeeding one. despite yourself. You're, you're seeding because of yourself. Right. Yeah. 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 Come on. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Number three, what causes you the most worry or stress leading your organization? That it's not fast enough. Like I'm so like, go, 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 go fast, 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 fast. So that is yeah. honestly this most stressful thing is like, am I going fast enough? Am I doing enough things? Am I like, you know, what can I do better? What can I do more? You know, got it. You want yeah. that, you, you want that rapid growth. You want that success right now. It's Come on. Like, it's addictive. Like it's yeah. like a drug. <laughs> How many people are a part of this company right now? Um, right now we have three full-time employees and then I have a lot of contractors, which is new for me, um, that, that work with us. So gotcha. You know, about seven, I think. Okay, cool. Including them. So you got, you got your, your back to the Navy SEAL team. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you and a few, few chosen others grinding it out. You love that early stage, don't you? I love it. It's cool. I love it. Play to your strengths, man. I, I, I think that's smart. Yeah. Uh, okay, number four. What is your current BHAG, your big, hairy, audacious goal? Um, so I thought about this one because, like, I don't think a lot about goals that much besides, like, what's right in front of me. But, like, really what I want is to grow this company to like twice as big in half the time or like mm. less than half the time. Like, cause I, I know a lot of the things already, right? Like I should be able to do that. Yeah. Um, you know, I've gone through a lot of mistakes and a lot of learning and, you know, I, sh any company that I start now should be able to grow in at least half the time. Heck yeah. So love it. Yeah. Yeah. That's why we asked that question. Helped you, <laughs> helped you get up and see ahead and be like, I think that's what I actually want. I know. I know. And now I, now I will go back to that. Yeah. Love it. Okay. Question number five. This is our fun, creative question. Take it however you want. If you could hop into a DeLorean, go back to the past and tell yourself one thing out the driver's side window, when would you go back and what would you tell your younger self? You know, um, I would say there's several, there's a lot of times in my, in my career that I could go back to about this, but it's really like, listen to your gut. Mm. Like if your gut tells you something you definitely should listen to that. Don't jam it down. <laughs> you know what I mean? To be like, shut up gut. You know, I was like, you know, there's a few things that have happened where I'm like, my gut's like, no, no, that doesn't seem right. And I'm like, shut up gut. Like we're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And, 
And I did it and it was like, not great. You know, it's not a great result. And mm -hmm. so I think that we as entrepreneurs have really strong guts, you know, and yeah. I think listening to that and honoring that and understanding that even if it's not what your mind thinks that you want or your heart thinks that you want, like it's the gut knows, mm. you know, yeah. like, and, you know, I will say also the times that I didn't listen to my gut and things went horribly wrong. I still ended up in a good place where I'm supposed to be, yeah. you know? Yeah, so, absolutely. I also, I'm not a big, I'm not a big person who looks back and said, and like, and says, I wish that something was different. Like that right. is not something I do at all. I've made huge mistakes in my life and in business, but I just move on from them. That's like one of my like key, it's one of my like magic pieces of me is like, I forgive super easily. I move on super easily. I'm like, you know, that just wasn't for me. Like what's for you won't pass you. Right. Yeah. I love that. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, Mary Berry, this has been so fun. I it feel like I just so made fun. a new friend on the podcast, yeah, which is my I favorite. Um, you are awesome. And I'm so grateful that you showed up today and shared your story, shared your wisdom. It is uh, exciting to see another one of your companies start to take off and launch into the stratosphere. So uh, <laughs> we're here to cheer you on and uh, I hope you come back one day. We'd love to talk to you again. Oh my God. I've loved this so much. Thank you so much for the opportunity. This is my first podcast, y'all. So like, I've loved it. And she crushed it. Let her know. <laughs> Let her hear about it. All right, Mary. Thank you, friend. Have a great weekend. All right. You too. Founders, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and hop into our monthly founder email so we can ensure you stay on the edge of peak performance and massive business results.